your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Gambling is a significant problem in Ireland and in Europe. Um, and it's one that is growing and it's one that continues to grow. And there's a couple of reasons behind that growth. Um, predominantly, there's a change, there's a shift in gambling from years gone by when, you know, a middle-aged man would go to the bookies on a Saturday afternoon. Those days are gone. Now you're literally carrying the bookies around in your pocket. Once you have a smartphone and you're connected to the internet, you can gamble. Uh, so there's that. So there's, there's the prevalent excessive advertising. Like there's young men coming of age now, 17, 18, 19. They've grown up watching sports and they have been, they have seen an onslaught of gambling ads from the time that they could remember. So it's advertising and it's accessibility. They're the two and things. And is it all combined. ages? Um, it's all ages, but they say that the younger brain can be can become addicted. A man in his 40s is less at risk than a, a man in, of 18 or 19 or 20. Um, we could go one step further and like go much younger, Amory. We can go to 12 year olds playing video games and doing loot boxes and buying skins. They're not using, well, they're using their parents' credit cards. Um, but what they're, they're going through the same emotions that a gambler does, the excitement prior to making the purchase. You said something there very interesting. You, you mentioned the emotions and I suppose okay. that, that was my next question. What is it that someone gets out of gambling? Is it a high? It's 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 a dopamine release. Yeah, it's a feel good chemical. Um, like addiction is, you know, it's a complex thing. But as it's as it's most basic is if there's accessibility, there's access and there's pleasure, you get the high. Some people their high is level enough, they can take it and leave it. Other people, they'll automatically go back for more. Um, you do that enough times, then it becomes a habit. Then with gambling, you might be losing money. Then you're into chasing losses. And that's and it's at that point then when they're, they're in it, when they realise, shoot, what's happening here? I'm kind of stuck. They're taking money from places maybe where they shouldn't be. They're spending money that they shouldn't be spending. And it becomes very serious very quickly. And it sneaks up on them. And then is there an inability to pull back because of the addiction? Is is that how it works? Well, or is, does it vary from person to person? Because if you talk to an alcoholic or if you talk yeah. to a drug addict, they'll all have, I suppose, their own individual stories and the causes of it. So is it the same for the gambler? Well, a lot of the times, the anecdotal stories that I've heard from people that I've spoken to, a lot of the people who've developed serious problems, they had that early win. And that there was something there caught them. It was almost like this is marvelous. You could go into the biology of things as well. And when your when your brain is creating all this dopamine, you're doing something that's very pleasurable. Your your brain is swamped with dopamine from the gambling, and then your mind, your you know our, our bodies are very clever. Your brain reduces what it actually creates itself. So then you're down. You're back to a stage where you're you're creating less dopamine than you would have been previously. So you go to the gambling to get the dopamine hit to replace what your brain was at one point creating, but is no longer creating because of all this false dopamine. You work out of Croom and Hospital Family Resource Centres, you know, communities in rural parts of Limerick. Mm -hmm. Do you have a problem with people coming forward? 
because it's a small community and not wanting to be known and Absolutely. it's very much a hidden thing. How do you deal with that? Well, we're, we're dealing with it by this, by raising awareness of highlighting the service, tell people that it's there and also raising awareness of the fact that gambling is, is addictive. There was one young woman um, wrote about her experience during lockdown. She was a woman in her early 20s, um, you know, well-educated, had a good job. And she started gambling online on tennis matches and it spiraled very quickly. And there was, you know, her mood went, there was anxiety, there was shame and there was debt. When she told her story, the one sentence really struck me and she kind of laughed about it. It spoke volumes. She said, I wish somebody had told me that gambling was addictive. She didn't know starting out that this that there was a danger to this. So while gambling is very normalised in Irish culture, it's everywhere. You know, lottery cards, it's just, it's part and parcel of Irish culture. It's accepted that people gambling. What isn't accepted is that for some people it becomes a problem. Um, with drug and alcohol addiction now, we're very accepting of the fact that it can become a problem for some. And we deal with that. We're not there yet with the gambling. There is one-to-one counselling available. It's also an advice service. You don't have to come for you don't have to sign up for the full counselling. You can ring and have a chat over the phone. You can get advice. Um, it's and it's very confidential, isn't it? We oh, should we have to say that because, I, again, I'm thinking of small communities and people knowing everyone. It's very confidential. Yeah, there's um, around the country, there's 21, I think, um, qualified registered psychotherapists who are doing this on a part-time basis, one or two days a week. We're bound by a code of ethics and that applies to all the work that we do. So, so yeah, absolutely confidential. Brilliant. And, and very compassionate and safe and kind. And it, it's, I should say as well, it's not just for the person who's involved in the gambling, it's for their, anyone who's impacted by a person's gambling. So it can be family members. Because it's a challenge to handle someone, I suppose, that you love, that's that script. You know, we've seen it on TV. One of the the soaps ran it recently. Fair City. Fair City. Fair City. I heard City. about it. Yeah. yeah, and it just showed the devastation around the person as well, and them trying to deal with it. So this service you're talking about is available for those people as well. Yeah, and it's often if the person involved in addiction isn't ready or willing to come forward for help. Now, if the family members do and their behaviour changes, that in turn can be a catalyst or a trigger for the gambler to change their behaviour. There are people in Limerick who come in and talk anonymously about their own stories and Mm -hmm. what got them, I suppose, dependent on alcohol and and therefore the addiction. And they all have different stories. They have different root causes. Mm. Do you find out for people what the root cause of the gambling is? Yeah, the trauma is behind a lot of addiction and I, I would say gambling is no different. And someone who is has emotional problems or there's mental health issues, they are going to be more prone to getting caught up in it. But what we're also seeing with gambling, which is kind of unusual, is that it's a very straightforward, it can be for young people in particular, predominantly young men, it can be a simple case of conditioning. The brain does something that it likes. It's very accessible. It's very easy. And they, they go back for more and it's considered harmless fun. And, you know, there's been a report out recently, the ESRI gambling now in team sports and the GEA is very predominant. There's a real growing culture there that it's the done thing. And for the majority, that'll be fine. They'll have a few bets, the novelty bets with the premiership. 
you can bet there's nothing now you can't bet on. But for some, it'll catch them. And it's hard. I don't know what that is, a vulnerability. I don't know. They, they say there's a gene. Does it go hand in hand with other addictions? Could the gambling and the alcohol, yeah. for example, go hand in hand? I think a lot of Coon Vera had figures um, from 2019 that showed the um, huge increase in people looking for help for gambling addiction. But they predominantly they showed up with dual addictions of either drugs or alcohol or, or all three. So yeah, and I and I suppose for parents who are listening, you know, and all these apps, these the gambling industry is billion euro industry. They employ the cleverest of people to put together these packages that are meant to draw you in and keep you in. Well, the games are doing it with seven-year-olds, six-year-olds. Exactly. They yeah. they're coming, mummy. Can I have a ten euro for Roblox? Yeah. And you're what? <laughs> and can I have another ten euro a few days later? And they get a high from what they're able to do with it. Is 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 that? Grooming That's, kids for gambling. It can be. It can it can be if you're learning how to gamble without the financial out, outlay. But you know, it'll it'll Stepping move on. Stepping stone, possibly. A, yeah, yeah, and again, there's a lot of research to show that the link between young gamers and loot boxes, skins, all that that they're they're seeing now that they're going on to gamble. Um, but we we can mirror ourselves off the UK. They're opening clinics now in the UK that are treating children as young as 11 and 12 for a gambling addiction. That's scary. And it's important that we know that this that this is risky behaviour. And if you can sit down with your child and talk to them, that goes a long way, you know, as opposed to not knowing and then faced with something down the line. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.